Hello everyone, welcome to Vujaday Weaving Stories. We're a series of podcasts that talk to entrepreneurs from different walks of life, talking about their stories of resilience, innovation and adaptation. And today I'm very, very pleased to introduce to you Palak Shah. She is truly a millennial entrepreneur uh, that is here to make a difference. She uh, has a very interesting journey. Um, she uh, graduated from fashion school, uh, got um, a job at Masaba Gupta where she was uh, heading design. Uh, after that, she went to Parsons Design School in New York, uh, worked at Vera Wang, Jay Godfrey. Then it took her, uh, took her to LA and uh, now she's back in India. She started Exil Label and that's I think one of the only few fashion brands that has ment mental wellness as a cause behind it. And we're very, very intrigued to learn about your journey, Palak. Uh, over to you and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you so much for that introduction. You are really, really kind. Um, thank you for that. So basically you've summed it up pretty well. Um, you know, I had these amazing experiences post um, fashion college. Funny story, I didn't want to be in fashion. So it's really ironical how I have a fashion brand. Um, it started off with my love for psychology in school, um, in IB. Um, that was my pretty much my only favorite subject. Um, sad part is you don't really get to delve into this um, part of um, psychology ever before, like in school. And then thankfully I had that as a subject deep dive into it um i think that was my first true love when it came to anything regarding school right. and that's when i realized i really need to do like something in this space i have to be a psychologist that was it that was my lifelong dream yeah. unfortunately things didn't pan out uh, the way i wanted them to um the idea was to get away from here uh, study in america because whatever they were teaching here we'd already you know covered in school so unfortunately, it wasn't as challenging uh, back in India when I tried to pursue my psychology dream. And um, that kind of took me on the sidelines to studying fashion design because, you know, people kind of pushed me in that direction because they thought I had great fashion sense. Um, my mom also studied from SNDP. So I was like, okay, let's just try this. Why not? It was just like a side little thing that I was doing to, I don't know, pass my time or so. <laughs> and um, little did I know that become my life. Right. Um, one thing led to the other. Uh, college was as hardcore as school and moving forward to like the fashion show, the Ami and fashion show, uh, winning it to getting an internship at Masaba, which then turned into a job. Um, I worked there for two years. Then I decided this is not what I wanted out of my life. Um, at the same time, like I was studying psychology till my last year, which kind of got challenging as in when like I got promoted at Masaba. So more responsibilities, more travel. So that kind of had to end. And uh, that was it. And then one day I decided um, what way do I want to go? I was still very unsure of like what it is that I want to do with my life. And that's when I decided I think I need a global education. Mm -hmm. So I went away to New York, uh, went to Parsons. And I think that was like a life changing one because it truly gives you a sense of like a global perspective on business, on fashion. It's something that I did not find like in the Indian system is great, but over there you truly learned what it meant to fend for yourself. Yeah. And it just kind of changed me as a person. Um, obviously with this came along a lot of experiences in my life, um, my insecurities that I think fully got reversed. Um, once I moved away 
biggest insecurity starting with uh, my skin color uh, in school mm. i was the shy child who would not be able to put her hand up because i thought i was not good enough i thought i wasn't smart enough and i was i thought i was too brown yes mm. i thought i was too dark and um, that kind of i think changed my outlook to life once i stepped foot in america where you know i was exotic suddenly i my name was exotic yeah. sorry and you'll have all shades from white to beige to dark brown yeah yeah and it it yeah. was crazy how everyone wanted to use my last name part of their project and like wanted to use all these like sanskrit words and like it was it was a very interesting experience and they loved my skin color and were like oh my god i should get this tan on me and i was like okay wow i really didn't think that i was this beautiful but because you know obviously we were made to feel otherwise when i was back in school at least um and i think that was the turning point i did not realize to what would be the rest of my life's journey mm-hmm. um and that was it i continued my education there i made sure that i got any and every hands on experience because i'm a very curious person um worked at any given point uh, did not come back to india worked summer school worked in the winter worked uh, while school because to me practical knowledge is nothing uh, compared to even the education you get it's the best for me yeah. and yeah and that took me to la um took me into the world of knit something that i've never ever done before um i've always been in the you know like in india they teach you like from scratch it's very like hot couture or like you have to be like a lakme fashion designer that's what education was for me over here but um over there was a completely different chapter so when i started my work in la it took me to the world of knits and that's when i truly understood and got practical knowledge on how do you work around knitwear and um, it was a fantastic experience then my visa was about to expire oh, literally okay. my visa was about to expire <laughs> yeah and then i said okay i need to make a decision do i want to stay here and extend my visa and get like the whole h1b situation or do i want to like am i ready to take off on my own now mm-hmm. and do i have i figured out mainly what it is that i want to do with my life right and that was the point when in a subway ride in la is when i realized um okay this is not what i wanted for my life i think i'm ready to just start my own journey and i would love to start that with combining what i still wanted to do then which was psychology and the thing that i was obviously like educationally equipped with yeah. which was fashion yeah. so i decided to club the two this was for fa- Five two thousand seventeen um is when I came back and two thousand seventeen summer is when I um decided to take this concept and get it into India because that like mental health was not uh, even like a topic of um it wasn't a topic of conversation even then like the way it is right now it wasn't so that's when I was like okay this is clearly something that needs to be addressed um so why not marry the two. and yeah i started every day when i would go to work that one hour of my subway ride this is it this is what i would do i would come up with a business plan i would come up with um a name i came up with like what am i going to do how am i going to do this everything that i studied at parsons was coming to use so did you and yeah then i would make together in your subway ride every day oh yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would plan it all on my notepad 
Right. And then once I'm back home uh, at the end of the night, right. I would then punch everything in on, into my computer and be like, okay, does this make sense? Am I ready now? Fun part was calling my parents. That was pretty interesting because <laughs> uh, they really thought like, this is not going to work here. It was a very foreign concept to them, right. but they're really sweet. So they just like supported me through it. And um, my boyfriend then said, he was there. So he said, you are not sleeping at night because this is something you're married to in your head. Yes. Please just leave, go home and start this. Yeah. And then I decided to pack my bags and quit my job. And I just, I reached home and then one year of crazy started. So yeah, that was how it, you actually, it kind of like, kicked off. You had everything like very clear in your head and, and had it on paper before you landed here. Right. Because, you know, my education taught me like this is how you're supposed to start it. You know, when you're fresh out of college and like you're new and like you're like, okay, I have to have these things, you know, organized. And I'm so glad because I would have been really lost if I hadn't done that research done like, okay, like it does this exist in India, for example. Is right. it something fresh? Is it new? Is it something that people are willing to accept even? Because I knew that change was coming. That change had already happened in the West. It was obviously going to transition like thankfully with our generation growing up then it it was going to happen at some point so, so thankfully for me it was started. it was the best time the sorry the chatter started yeah. a little bit basically a little bit very little so it was a great time because in 2017 is when i then started to see like right. articles and then like okay now is the time to strike did you so, get a chance yeah. to even like talk to a few people besides uh, you know your close-knit to just uh, verify the idea or you said let me just launch and then figure it out honestly no it was um i used to call it a i usually don't use the word passion and fashion together ever because it wasn't my passion being very honest right. um i literally thought of it as because i was very scared of failure okay so i had not failed ever up and until this point like where I was like, okay, like this is do or die. I've left my job to do this. So now this is my passion project. Yeah. Let's just call it that and see what happens. Because I mean, I didn't even get sleep the day before I launched. Like, how do you know, right? If it's going to work or not. Yeah. So it was, it was very scary. No clue. Until you but, don't yeah. plunge, you don't know. And I think it's been, um, I mean, I, you know, honestly, when you, you talk about your story, I, I feel like, I'm looking into a mirror. <laughs> so I relate. Oh, really? That's nice to know. <laughs> I, I relate to every single word you said, like how life-changing yeah. that entire global experience can be. And it just completely right. shapes you and how we are just so mollycoddled at home and we have no idea so about true. the global perspective of anything. And just being on your own, I think, just makes you realize if you can live on your own, you can do pretty much anything on your own. So it gives you that confidence. Best experience. And not even just globally, even like just getting out of your home and going to another state... Yeah. can get you that um, that feeling and nothing nothing replaces that it's irreplaceable yeah so let's talk a little bit more about where exalable is today so i'm sure you had a vision for it and uh, so maybe if you can just summarize in like you know a couple of sentences yeah. what exalable is all about like how are you tying passion and mental mental wellness together how does it do it so it started off with the whole the whole idea of the brand, um, like the ethos of it was that, you know, to build a community which says it's okay to not be okay. Now, how do we do that, right? Um, I say this very often, like, you know, you know how people say like, you are what you eat, but you are also what you wear. To me personally, you are what you wear. There is a like there is some thought process when you're picking out a black t-shirt in the morning or you're picking out a white t-shirt in the morning. Like color psychology does exist. Mm -hmm. there is a lot of thought even though you're not thinking 
subconsciously right. so the idea was to bring that out even more with say slogan t-shirts because you are going to feel a certain emotion when you look at a certain product now if it has something that's uplifting you either you are not uplifted enough for the day and you want it and that's why you pick that out or you're feeling extremely happy and that's what you're trying to just bring out right. so that was the whole idea and the other idea was to get these exhale warriors is what we call them mm-hmm. so every product that we made was based off of a real person obviously you know when we started off it was very hard to just be like hey you stranger like please come and give me your life story obviously that was not happening so realistically i couldn't possibly pull that off mm-hmm. um but then i again underestimated myself if i wanted to i definitely could have i should have tried but i didn't um but instead i went to friends and family and told them about the concept and asked them like you know requested them that would you like to share your story obviously it's something that i am familiar with which is why you know if you feel safe in like in this is a safe space to speak um about and that's the whole idea of the brand and slowly as and when it started off we kind of started to see a massive change change when it came to um two women uh, one of them wearing um our shirt which says don't talk behind my back okay the other woman sees it at football practice and they don't know each other but they had a whole conversation around it yeah. so that was actually the idea and to have someone tell me that this happened to me i felt like i've made it like that was the like i'm getting goosebumps right now yeah, yeah. i mean to know that this actually like this is what has happened with creating this brand in like the span of like not even 4 months Right. that was it then i knew like this is something that i cannot just um, think of as a passion project this is something we have to reach out and get more exile warriors on board get more people on board to talk about their story so that is what we are about essentially so, so you mean that the slogans that you have are inspired by real people real stories you know challenges they that's come. right yeah so what was that which you said that you are it's okay to not to talk about don't talk behind my back was a slogan right so we're building a community which says it's okay to not be okay right because it's okay to i not be okay yeah yeah so that's yeah. my motto is it like the underlying motto of the underlying motto is like everybody has a story that's one of them uh, you are not just a label that's the second one basically everything that we're putting out there on our clothes is the ethos of the brand as well um it is to not be ashamed of your story and like this is someone who is who's been ashamed of her story and let's be honest everyone can't be open about everything like there are times when i'm i myself like i can't put out my life even though i want to there are still aspects that i have hidden you know but it is not as easy to let it out right because i know how i felt before i came out i started the brand with my own story because if no one can like how will someone else trust me if if i can't put out my own feelings right. so that was the whole idea but i see the difference in a very small way it has started to make where somebody read a story about their batchmate in school who they have ragged and have said like name called etc body shamed they actually like so many years later have gone and apologized so that's when you kind of realize the impact it's kind of you know playing so, so that's, yeah. that's the idea of creating that connection that anyone's story could have an element in yours as well and that's when yeah you, like, because they're all it's emotion no like who doesn't have it people that say they don't have it is a lie so it's just about because everyone's story like i will be able to relate to some aspect of your life right 
you know because there's so many experiences and so many emotions that we feel on an everyday basis and i could truly feel the true power behind is that that true feeling that you are not alone right when you read that about someone and yeah even if you experience a small element of it and you feel like okay i'm not the only one so that absolutely that creation of connection that it creates i think it's just amazing and 100% uh, No, no. So it's been incredible to hear. Like I think uh, that, like you know, that moment which you said that you had that vision in your subway in LA, and then when it came alive <laughs> at the football court, right. you were saying, and, and and truly, I feel like when you have that clear vision, I think it truly comes alive, yeah. whichever way. So tell me a little bit about like actually yeah. the like the okay. So the in terms of the branding and the positioning and the ethos of the brand, mm-hmm. I think you had it quite clear. but the actual yep. setting up you know the procurement i think you said that it took you almost a year because um i know also from past experience and ex- uh, strategy and execution they're two different like uh, you know they're totally apart right so you really have to have that uh, grit to get the execution right <laughs> So how is I can't even I just it's now that I think of it I just want to laugh it's so funny it has taken me from 2017 somewhat to 2018 somewhat yeah. to actually get this to work having zero resources and I was like my mom is a fashion designer all her friends are designers they were my like teachers in college how can this be this hard right. I was just amazed at that now I yeah, have only done like say Yeah, the funny part is you have that network and still yeah. are finding it this hard, yeah. and that's when you realize like, okay, this is not a joke. It's not easy. It's not as simple as it might seem. That I just packed my bags and I left, you know. So it was hard because we didn't have the experience. Um, in we only had experience in the woven aspect of uh, fashion, not the knitwear. Right. So what happened was um. to get the right connections were extremely hard plus okay like you know like when you speak to your elders right they have a very different set of like way of work my mother and i i think we kind of stopped talking to each other at some point because we were like like two bulls uh, raging because she was like no this is the right way i was like no this is the right way you don't know anything you don't know anything you know like generation clashes yeah. and i was like, okay you just help me with like the right people to connect to we try to do that i have gone to multiple places of course like as i should have um made connections somehow i was really blessed uh by finding the right people and finding sweet people who weren't like ready to take advantage of me or like just because i was a small little girl who looked younger than anyway like my age so that was anyway pretty challenging they wouldn't take me seriously but they're like okay let me give you a chance because that's how i got a chance yeah. literally most of my vendors that was the whole idea and uh, it was it felt really nice to like kind of hear that and get that uh, validation but then there were people who i actually still currently love with uh, work with i love them but um, one guy has said to me you are here to waste my father's money you are going to get married you should not do this this is not for you and i'm just like okay I went. I, I don't know. I went to my car because I couldn't like cry in front of him. I had too much ego for that. And yeah. then I went to the car and I've just cried. And I was like, I've just sat alone and I've cried for like half an hour because I was like, I can't believe this was actually happening. Yeah. Um, but it kind of teaches you to be stronger and to realize that you can't just give up on your dream. Yeah. 
and that that kind of like pushed me forward funny story that man uncle really respects me because we, we still work together obviously work has increased he's happy i'm happy but just to have that yeah and, and you know I, how do you sit and tell people hey i'm not using my father's money i saved up in my earlier job and i have not borrowed a penny from my father right. you're not going to go around telling people that right so i mean it was hard mm-hmm. it took a year terrible mistakes uh, did not realize what i was getting into i've made 100 100 t-shirts i've had my la experience right. in la we used to make 60 styles oh wow 60 styles in one collection okay i was a starting passion project i would like to say child then right. who came to start this right yeah. made that mistake i made like 25 styles and i was like yes we'll do 100 and we'll sell them funny story i don't have a website i am on instagram selling stuff wasn't the easiest exhibition yes did fantastically well and that's when i realized i mean thank god um it did way too well and that was it like the first day itself we knew that this is something that we cannot look behind from there's a lot of potential here also the interaction but with a, real customers right so. 100% and these are people that don't know me and they're buying my product i think i was in shock i was like why are these people buying this stuff it was right. a shocker but they were like it was amazing the best experience i've had so far we were like 11 of us from my family who have reached there two people are doing billing um three people are like doing marketing with lookbooks right. my entire family has been there from 9 o'clock in the morning till 12 a.m is when that night market shut and we've gone to shiv sagar and had dinner at 2 a.m because obviously Amazing. like we were pre-lockdown dying days. of like hunger <laughs> yeah yeah pre lockdown <laughs> days and now i can't even imagine something like this you know yeah, yeah, truly it's so, been a great journey Right. So, so obviously, like you know, so many challenges, and almost taking you a year, you know, taking a lot of the experience from it, yeah. and knowing which which of those work here and don't work here. So, in terms of yeah. the entire supply chain, if you could just maybe point out which were the maybe the hardest uh, part and how you overcame it, basically, since you you met a lot of people, right? Like, how do you identify who's a good uh, fabric supplier, um, who's a good garment, or do you work with a couple of them? So what what was the thing overall learning in that one year? If you were to redo it, like how would you how do you make a different trend? I would ideally. I wish I had um, you know gone with presentations for people to take me more seriously, okay. explain to them what the whole concept was, what we're trying to achieve here. But going for the first time, you don't really know how to talk to who, and what kind of conversation to kind of start off with. so uh, i think the biggest challenge was when i had that one vendor tell me you know like this is not for you for example right. thankfully he was the only one the others wouldn't be as blunt mm-hmm. but they would just kind of not give you as much attention or like just write it off like okay like you know we don't need to give her as much um, right. attention because she's not going to really like get anything from us um quantities wouldn't match that was a standard issue um so yeah, i think it was just uh, not meeting yeah moqs would 100% no one would be ready to do and i was sure that i wanted like a professional setup and not just like have one you know one tailor doing my work for example because right. i knew that wasn't going to work right. so i was very clear on how i work because you know that's the thing right like when you work in america you've already seen like as like as professional as it can get right. so then you know you you can't kind of back down from there so yeah it was challenging to find the right people but again i got lucky as well i have to say so tell us about the epic year 2020 when lockdown hit us in march 2020 uh, how was it for you and i mean we'll talk about maybe the entire in little bits and pieces 
because i know it's been a roller coaster for a lot of us what what did you think uh, when we when we shut down when the country shut down um i was nervous in the first 15 days or 20 days um after that it's been the best work year of my 3 years wow i have no complaints um i have i mean i know it's a very sensitive topic so i'm not taking away from you know everything that it stood for i've had the biggest downs um of my life in 2020 but the biggest work up um in my work life for sure yeah. so it's been too so my roller coaster was like personally the lowest and professionally the highest so if anything like it was the best balanced year that i could have ever asked for it. if you really think about it what was but um work wise what what work went for you i realized who needs exhibitions mm. <laughs> i realized my what my product stands for i realized why and the mentality behind a customer it just went to a whole deeper level of understanding the business side of it cuz mm. here i was one person doing everything for the first two years mm. it's like there's waves up and down there's an exhibition day yay it's a great day um i later made a website much later in life and i was like okay this i cannot now you know keep replying to people on instagram for example and this is not the kind of business i'm trying to run i have to now understand how to take this one level up right did that started speaking to people a lot more right because uh, we were obviously stuck in our homes mm-hmm. so you're on the internet more you're doing more research you're doing all these courses um i can't sit idle so i have tried to make my best time by just speaking to people which kind of i i stumbled upon thanks thankfully because of a friend who has a marketing agency and that's when i realized the world of e-commerce right and truly delved into it with his help after that i don't think there was looking back we don't do exhibitions anymore we did two in the lockdown itself which were fantastic but yeah i think i realized that online and e-commerce is the future way forward especially for a brand like mine so to understand what is it at the end of the day it's also a business right yeah. so to be able to juggle the brand value as well as the business side of it right I think that's what I managed to kind of gather for myself and understand what Exalabel actually stands for, where it can potentially reach, and how we can make it reach there. Yeah. So it was a very insightful year. So the clarity of you know what firstly digital marketing can do in the e-commerce space, and then yeah, you're saying that the basic clarity of what the business actually means, because I think you had a very clear vision of the yeah. e-commerce part of it. I did. I think the clarity of the business part came too. you know to eventually just marry the two and understand like how can we a even like spread awareness through other avenues which wouldn't have happened because your mind is just was so like accustomed to the normal way of life that when this 2020 lockdown happened you had to come up with new ways to just live life in general yes like the way we even like work out for example is not the same anymore like the mindset is not the same anymore yeah. so the same way i think it really evolved and i'm just thankful so yeah so what about lockdown 2.0 like did that have a different impact for you or was it smooth sailing by then like and yeah lockdown 2.0 was 
Okay. Just a regular day for us, yes. No, so you are so you are saying that since you launched your e-commerce site and your you know sales were happening, everything was happening continuously. It didn't have any effect on your supply chains and you know production and things. Um, so it was slightly harder to get the new collection out. For example, like of course, um, uh, you know, like factories were shut. Um, that bit was hard. But what happened is we already had a lot of backlog. Like we had a lot of inventory with us because we were not like we used to sell exhibition to exhibition and like say website to website. But like it wasn't like every day was a great day and like there's sales every single day. So thankfully we did have product. So what happened is in the lockdown, like the dead of the lockdown, they started e-commerce. Yeah. So online portals were allowed to sell stuff. Correct. So we already had our logistics in place. Mm-hmm. In fact, that gave me an opportunity to figure out like. Who else can I reach out to, even for logistics? Yeah. So once that happened, we realized that okay, people are in fact asking us to give them at leisure wear because they're stuck at home. Yeah. And obviously, like India, I mean in Bombay especially, like people aren't don't like wear tracks and get out. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. Now it's a whole other ball game. Yeah. But earlier wasn't the case. So suddenly I'm getting WhatsApp messages from all your clients like, hey, I desperately need clothes. I'm stuck at this one's house since this long. Can you please somehow send me this? And I was like, okay, how do I do this? How do I get like the money transferred? Like little, little things. So yeah. every day was a new day. It was very interesting. You've never done but that before. kind of yeah. No, we'd never done all these. We had a website, but it was a whole other ball game only because of like restrictions on like like COD wasn't possible, for example. Like just little things like that, you know. But yeah. there was always a way around, or we'd come up with new innovative things every day. Exactly. So, so, if yeah. you were to say the two things that you've done uh, for Exe Label um, till today, like I would say from 2020 to 21, which you would have never yeah. done before, what would those two things be? Uh, digital marketing. What would the second one be? Wow. Um, oh, collaborations. Okay. Without having to meet people, without having to even have like an interaction, right? Because that was pretty limited. So yeah. to uh, collaborate was fantastic. Yeah. So what kind we of we did a great one? We uh, we've never done kids wear. Okay. We've uh, never even done a collaboration as such before in such a way. Um, via via like a customer reached out uh, whose child has uh, Down syndrome. So. As ignorant as this may seem, I myself did not know what that meant till I then researched upon it. And I was like, wow, if I don't know, I can't imagine how many other people around me don't know, right? Right. So I would then make it an experiment and I just ask people randomly, do you know what this condition is? Then just tell me about it. Obviously, there was not as much awareness. Then I took it as a mission. I was like, no matter what, I think, like it just spoke to me. Um, I got along really well with Pooja and Nora and we decided to come up with a t-shirt, uh, Be Kind, uh, with the, um, with like the whole design was oriented around a World Down Syndrome Day and it was, the idea was to like bring awareness. We have managed to make one t-shirt for kids. We've never done kids wear, so we did kids wear for the first time, which we would have otherwise never done. Um, we had adult t-shirts and we managed to sell 550 odd t-shirts wow. and uh, all of the profits were donated to Man Foundation. So I don't think I would have ever imagined, we, we do donations every month, right. but this was a whole other high wow. and something I would have not otherwise done. That's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, that's truly like yeah. something that comes out of nowhere and then you know turns into something so big and so great.
and also oh, for the great cause. Hundred percent. So anything that um, you know now that uh, you know the business has been running for say what close to three and a half years for you now. We were three years this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you were to start Exile Label today, how would you do it? In in this new normal world. Oh, in like the lockdown. Yeah, yeah. I mean today, like if I mean whatever phase we are, semi lockdown or whatever you want right. to call it right now. <laughs> But if if you were to launch today, how would you do it differently? I would probably um. be a little more mindful because mm-hmm. the world is far too sensitive right now yes. so i would definitely be more mindful of what i am doing and why i'm doing it right. um i do believe like it's sh- like it's not necessary to have a purpose obviously there are some amazing brands who do amazing stuff um right. you don't have to have a cause behind it you can just sell a great product too but i feel like to add value to your brand mm-hmm. and to actually give back in any way that you can it definitely um has a great ring to it and it is something that people really require right now and it helps to even for yourself uh, it's a very good feel good factor so i would definitely suggest that too yeah i would probably have thought that through if say if i were to start any other brand as well yeah amazing so um what i'd like to do is quickly i'm going to say a few words and what i want you to is tell me the first word that comes up in your mind when i say that okay thing. all right all right be as spontaneous don't overthink this i will really try but i'm an overthinker <laughs> yes fashion fashion now that i said it <laughs> yeah. t-shirts quality exhale label that's a tough one <laughs> one word <laughs> um i'd say um conservative okay alok uh bubbly okay awesome so that really sums up i think our entire conversation in terms of who you are and what drove you to launch exe label and i'm truly uh, honored i think to talk to you and share this story with you oh, thank you so think, much um, amazing talking to you thank you so much for everyone to listen in uh, this is pooja dev weaving story signing off ira jain thank you so much palak thank you